Welcome to the Conquer Your Battlefield podcast, where we come together to discuss some of the more significant struggles and metaphorical battlefields that we've faced along our journeys and share some insight on how we've conquered them. I am JD McGibney, and today I'll be chatting with the funny, compassionate, epic, totally metal, and all-around great guy, Mr. Mike Grippo of Kissing Candace. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. How are you doing, JD? Thanks I'm so much for having me on. I yeah, really dude. appreciate you Thank you for, uh, yeah, thanks for coming to hang out and, you know, bringing that awesome, you know, epic energy that you always have with you. Yeah, the monotonous energy, man. It's really, <laughs> really something. It's very unique. It's very Mike. Yeah. So I get unique, unique or peculiar. Exactly. <laughs> Uniquely peculiar, peculiar, peculiarly yeah. unique. There you go. Can't go wrong there. That's like two really interesting words in one. Exactly. Not one word, but one thing next to another. <laughs> one description. Yeah. I like it. So today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Loosely defined, imposter syndrome is when a person doubts their abilities and feels like a fraud. Some of the things that one with imposter syndrome might be experiencing are uh, an extreme lack of self-confidence, feelings of inadequacy, constant comparison to other people, anxiety, self-doubt, distrust in one's intuition and capabilities, negative self-talk, dwelling on the past, irrational fear of the future, uh, taking on extra work to make sure that uh, you're doing it all, uh, and shrugging off any accolades anytime someone praises you. According to the American Society of Microbiology, about 70% of all people are affected in some way at some point by imposter syndrome. It is not currently recognized by the DSM-5 as a mental illness. Rather, it is an overall perspective on how one views themselves. Coming from the world of entertainment as musicians, both Mike and I uh, can relate personally to battling imposter syndrome for a really long time. So Mike, when was the first time that you recognized some of these signs of imposter syndrome? And uh, do you feel that any of those feelings are still around today? They're definitely around today. I remember the first time I experienced it was actually when I got asked. I just graduated college. I was going to get my sick nine to five job. Oh, yeah. And live out my life in my cubicle and then die. But that didn't seem too appealing. So I got asked to join this band. They're like, yeah, we've got like, the band was just starting. No shows have been played. And there's like rumors of like, oh, we're going to go do a tour. I'm like, tour. I'm like, that'd be, that'd be cool. And they're like, oh, we need, we need a bassist still. You want to fill in for the first couple of dates? I'm like, yeah, I can't really play bass. So I kind of suck. But I'm not that good. <laughs> but I decided to go for it anyway. And then the tour got canceled. So I didn't have to do anything. But then like, so this is the first tour as a Canadian tour. I'd never been to Canada before. It was with a band that I guess was somewhat. I mean, they weren't that big. I can't remember their name. <laughs> I know I know Paul from Varsity was in it, I think. So Paul from Varsity, if you ever watched it, can you tell me what band it was? I forget. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but so that tour got canceled. It's still weird. I'm like, I'm in a band that's planning on touring. Like, that's crazy. I just got a degree in sociology. And then the really big shit happened when our singer used to sell merch for Sid Wilson of Slipknot. Mm -hmm. So when they were doing the first ever Knot Fest, uh, Sid would be like, yo, you get a band. Like, I'll put you guys on, build the stage and put you on it. And it seemed like your typical, like, you know, yo, I got you, man, kind of talk. It never actually happens. Yeah. But then one day we got a call and it was like, hey, like, uh, 
I just need a generator for that stage I'm running. And then you guys are good to go. And we're like, what? Like, it's real? And he's like, yeah. And we're like, oh. He's like, I probably get the generator. Though. I'm like, okay, figured. You know, normal shit. But then get the call. He's got the generator. Next thing we know, we're loading up a miniature school bus on our way to Iowa to play the first ever Not Fest as our second ever show. And the first show we played was at the... Which is crazy, by the way. It's insane. Like, it was an absolute, like, strange event. Like, I mean, we've all been in bands, all of us have been in bands before playing the local scene over and over Mm -hmm. for eight years at this point. So we all kind of feel like, you know, like, we've done, we put the legwork in, so we don't feel bad about going to play Not Fest or second ever show. Yeah, we've done the work in other bands. So I think that's that's it's an interesting point that I think you you bring up. You know, the fact that like uh you're talking about I'm assuming you're talking about kissing Candace with doing the, yeah, yeah, that'd be correct. So like kissing Candace for the second show that Kissing Candace ever played, yeah. you know, was was not fest, which is like a big metal Dude. festival for anyone that's yeah. watching that's not, you know, into the, the metals. Um but seeing something like that, it's like, oh, the band seemed to come out of nowhere. But at the same time, everyone in the band had been in the local music scene for, like you said, literally years. So you had built all these relationships. You had, you know, done your time, as they say. And like, there's all this stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So that's why when you finally get something that seems like that big for like a band that seems really new, it's, I I feel like most people like you know us included especially being right there in the middle of it it's just like oh how does how does this work how do do i process this and i think that's that something like that is like a gateway for imposter syndrome to to come in because you spend all this time in other bands and nothing happens and then you you're in a band for like five seconds and because of all the relationships that you've built you have an opportunity you know right out of the gate so it's like oh is this really happening like do i deserve this no it's not happening it's fake yeah, it's and it's like... we're gonna show up. <laughs> we're gonna show up, and they're gonna be like, "Who the hell are you? Get out of here! Like, you belong here." But we showed up and parked there, got outside the van. Like, guys, something not really. Like, yeah, what's up, guys? We're like, I right, guess we're in the right place. This is weird. <laughs> this band's played one show before on the way here. That's it. That is funny. Yeah, it was crazy, and like it was Slipknot and Deftones. Even if you don't know metal. You've probably heard Slipknot or and Deftones. Just coming down. Their singer was on, not the band, but still, that's huge. Yeah. No, I was playing that, like just walking in there, it didn't feel real. I'm like, this must be like some sort of trick or something. Like, some rump being pull my pants off on stage. Or <laughs> You've been punked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if uh, Ashley Kutcher would have popped out, I would have felt even more imposter syndrome like not only Slipknot here but Ashton Kutcher is here too he got all these people here yeah at that point you would have been like there's definitely something going on yeah I want to know what was coming next but it's speaking for like the realm of of music just because like that's you know what uh you and I most know like intimately it's like I think imposter syndrome comes in a lot more because when we're first starting out like when we're teenagers or let's say you started off in like in your 20s and like you're just starting out and you know in bands trying to like figure out how the whole thing works you know and then like realizing that there's a difference between like you know casual bands and like you know career bands you know you hear a lot of stuff a lot of advice and a lot of feedback from people who are not in the industry 
and who don't understand the industry or like people who just don't understand how like a small business runs and like so you hear a lot of this feedback that kind of feeds your your uh your inner uh i guess like you're in a voice to start questioning like oh am i doing the right thing or should i really have that nine to five job or should i do this uh, this that i want to be doing so do you feel that growing up like when you first started doing music like uh initially do you feel like you had a lot of that kind of talk from people in your life yeah i mean i was always told like oh you should have other hobbies besides music and things like that right like, like what like golf and they're like yeah like <laughs> golf or something like i'll get to golf after music but it was always things like that you know like you should be doing this you should be doing that you should be doing more work in school instead of playing bass all the time and starting random bands with random people and you play the battle of the bands at that call and you lose every time because <laughs> <laughs> you play in a metal band but that's yeah and it's a lot of that talk even now today like people see they see that we've toured they see that we've done what I would say are bigger things like not fast we've done mayhem fest like another big metal tour with slayer we did the full 30 days of it and that was an arena tour and we weren't playing the arena stage we're playing the stage except next yeah, year yeah, yeah. but still it's the, same, it's the same tour yeah no it's still like a big tour to be a part yeah, of it's still really big and then like you come home and you have no money in your pocket and you call your job up and you're like I'm back home now, ready to come back to work because even though I'm doing these things that seem big, I am not making big money whatsoever. There's just like bigger bands, you know, bands like Testament, you know, like they have like Chuck Billy from Testament has a day job. If if I remember correctly, it's like a truck driver. But like, I would not be surprised. He definitely is definitely like an artist manager, though, of many artists too. So, like, yeah, Testament doesn't just make him his paycheck. He does. Testament, and then he manages like I think he manages like no, I'm thinking of Des from from a uh, Cold Chamber, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like Cradle of Filth and stuff, like big bigger bands. Even I know that I think Chuck does the same thing, so he has these other sources of income. Yeah. Well, that that's and, also just like good business when I wanted to have multiple yeah. revenue sources. Oh, absolutely, but like always got. I think a lot of. Like, like I pointed out, there's definitely a lot of misunderstanding on how the music industry works, especially from like the artist perspective. You know, like it's not it's not like a nine to five. You don't have that, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, Friday, you get your paycheck kind of thing. It's like you have to constantly where you're, you're literally a private contractor. You know, once the job yeah. is done, you know, you don't have a revenue source coming in. So you have to constantly find ways to to get that revenue coming in. And I think having that mindset is re- is really critical and i think a lot of people in general don't have that mindset because we're kind of like at least in the united states and like western culture and you know we're we're trained right off the bat to you know live by a bell and have that nine to five kind of schedule so we have that training yeah. so when you have people that you know naturally think differently and like go oh i want to work like this because the other way is making me like depressed you know you get a lot of feedback from a lot of people and a lot of people that you know everyone you respect people that you love people that are in your life, like constantly people that you look up to and they don't understand the, this other process. So they're giving you feedback on what they know. So I, I, I could definitely see how that feeds into 
uh, overall imposter syndrome because you, you're getting all this feedback from people who, you know, seem like they're doing, you know, fairly well in life or like they're successful. And then you're like, yeah. oh, I want to be successful, but I want to do it, you know, my with way. a base in my hand. Yeah, exactly. It was, it's always been really hard watching like your friends all become successful and you hit a point where you've been doing this for so long. Like I just turned 33 and I'm still doing this. I'm like, is it too late for me to even go get a career if I wanted to? I'm not even, I'm not sure. Maybe like that's, I question that a lot. I'm like, is that what I should have done 10 years ago? Should I have done that one show with Slipknot? Been like, I hit the top. I'm out. See you guys. But I took it like it became a business to me. I mean, I still love it and everything, but I hadn't went sign us up for an LLC. So all of a sudden, I'm a small business owner. I went from yeah. playing bass and bands to owning a business. Like, this is bizarre. Yeah, and that's... I had to file uh, taxes. <laughs> what do you mean we got to pay taxes? taxes? Don't look good when you're in a band. <laughs> So like, oh, let's see your turn because then they add up everything you made, like everything you spent. Like, oh, you're you don't owe any taxes here because you you spent way more than you made. It's like, what about like, that ten thousand uh, dollar check we got from the label? It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> too. Yeah, no, that that's a that's a really really good point. You know, especially uh, taking into consideration that the average amount of time that it takes for you know uh anyone in any in any career but specifically in like entertainment in general takes anywhere between five to ten years to see any you know real uh success as like the wider you know spectrum would, would deem it you know but if you're in, if you're in a position where like you're actually bringing in uh you know revenue you know you're you're able to like pay for certain things you know i personally would deem that like you know, a success, yeah, but again, success is different for everybody. You know, if, yeah. if you get to a point where you can pay your bills, oh, that's you know. success there. If you, if you yeah. can just play music and pay your bills and live in like a shack, that's success. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But like it, it, the fact that like you, you know, you brought up the fact that like you've been, you've been doing, how long have you been in kissing Candace? It's been about 10 uh, years, nine years, that nine we, years. We started, yeah, I think it's been nine years. We've been signed on to two, three record labels now. And I remember the first time going to sign was, it's like I was read the contract and like, I'm like, I can't believe this is in my hand right now. This is real. So you're going to disintegrate because there's no way we're getting, it was Victory Records at the time who they had like larger metal bands. Like some, I used to buy their CDs all the time. Best Buy growing up from the end caps every week. Yep. I'm like, am I really going to sign Every Tuesday. This label, yeah. <laughs> and then I went to the office and it all felt really fake up there. Cause I'm like, everyone's like coming up, the owner of the label who signed all my favorite bands. It's coming me. He's like, hey, Grip, how you, how you doing, man? I'm like, good. I'm like, this guy took time to know my name. Like, it was very bizarre. Yeah. Well, that, you know, one that shows that they were genuinely interested. But the fact that, like, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting that like you keep mentioning all these things that like you've gone through all these big uh, like milestones that, you know, people who are in bands, you know, literally just dream of, they're like, Oh my God, I mean, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. And like, and you get happens. these, yeah, well, it, things did happen though, but that's, that's so the I, thing. 
like you had you had the show you played the show but even like when you said you 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 were in in the moment like everything didn't feel real even up to the point where you're up on stage like you said you're like half expecting like fucking ashton kutcher to pop out and be like yeah. oh, punked and like when you guys got signed it's like you felt like they didn't you know it didn't feel real and like you were surprised that he even knew your name yet he was there signing you with like a business yeah, contract absolutely he had my name on a contract in front of him i was signing <laughs> I'd imagine he does, but I know his name. So, you know, I mean, he's a businessman. So I guess he should know my name, but still, it was that thing where I'm like, is this really happening? Is this, like, it felt so fake. And now, I'm, I'm like, curious. Hey. I'm curious. Um, it sounds like imposter syndrome is kind of like just constantly like part of your, of like your life. Like when things are like really big, you, you seem to like question you know, like these big like no life nodes or like these, these career life nodes. Do you yeah. feel that imposter syndrome? Uh, it, do you feel like it shows up in other areas of your life other than say with like music? Like if you're like, uh, like oh, I have a really cool deal for like this really great car. Like, is this real? Like, are there any other areas where you find that like imposter syndrome pops up? Yeah, I'll find that like often, like. Uh... And even just living and going to my normal job, like people at my normal job think I'm funny. Like, you think I'm funny? I'm like pretty strange, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I'm definitely not funny, but, and just like, uh, just uh, sometimes like I'll become very uh, dissociated. Is that the word? Dissociated? You like of, yeah. You feel like you're like out of your body, kind of like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At yourself, is even a movie. <clears throat> that's, even if I'm just like walking sometimes. That's very interesting. Rare. I so, know it's a part. Of, it can be a part of anxiety, which mm-hmm. is something I experience as well. So it's uh yeah, it's it's a if I'm uh, if I'm correct, uh, I believe it is like you said, it's a symptom of anxiety, but I think it's also related to uh, depression. Where like if people yeah. like severe depression, like if it gets so Both, bad, uh, like they just depression, disassociate. Depression, anxiety are probably two of the most common things you'll find in especially metal musicians. Yeah. A lot of a lot you, of uh, musicians, period. Yeah. Especially country music. <laughs> no one who in their right mind, like who's totally normal, just wants, to be an artist. College, wants their job, goes and <laughs> goes hops in a van with like five dirty dudes and like goes around playing dive bars for gas money and papa john's pizza no one in their right mind does that if you're Listen, saying you papa john's is like the right kind of greasy <laughs> yeah it is it's, it's not bad but we're from new york man so we gotta keep our our standards higher than that true but like when you have pizza like that you the way you get around it is like you just tell yourself it's not actually pizza it's just fancy yeah. bread it's like yeah it's bread with cheese and sauce and a lot of like, exactly. spray, spray grease on it. It's just a gallon of like, pizza. They'll be trying to They're tell you like, it's no. pizza. I'm like, like, no, it's not pizza. And I start to question, <laughs> are you, am I even from New York? <laughs> I like this. What's wrong? Yeah. Uh, but that that's it's interesting that uh, you you seem to have that uh, that it, that inner voice questioning like uh, a lot of things that like happen. You know, like the fact that uh, people give you like uh, the accolades, people like compliment you and like you're like, oh, this is real. Do you really think I'm funny? 
what's yeah. going on here. Uh, when do you feel like you first uh, felt that or f- feel like you recognize that that was like your go-to response to things? I feel like growing up, I didn't get that much attention like mm-hmm. from my peers. So I think that might have something to do with it. It's like, huh. Then all of a sudden, like I get into college and, you know, I, I'm forced with people who are outside of my social circle and they're introducing me to new people and these new people seem to like me. I'm just like, huh, weird. Why? <laughs> but that's when I kind of feel like started feeling weird. I'm like, this can't be real. I'm like, I'm just that guy. I don't get these things. These things don't happen to me. Interesting. I mean, cool. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you kind of just had, you know, like uh, you grew up like during like your formative years, like you kind of just had this routine of, okay, this is, this is how it is in like social yeah. settings. And then like, when you, like you said, when you got to college, you were like thrown out of your element completely and it was, you know, totally different environment. And then you're, you're, you just have this cautious nature to like question what's going on here. And it Absolutely. seems like, it seems like, you know, a lot of it goes relates back to you questioning uh i guess questioning the connection between you and the the instance that's you know happening yeah i'd agree with that it's like these things um all these whenever something big happens even like the small things like i'll question it a lot and but the big things are always like it can't be real it's not going to happen but it's at the same time, it's like, why wouldn't these things happen? We put in the legwork. We've been a band for nine years. We have a, a pretty solid, dedicated fan base. It might mm-hmm. be smaller, but they're dedicated and they're they're real. They fans are fans. They come to shows. They're awesome. And people see that. The industry knows it. So like, if we're offered something big, why? It would make sense that we would get it. But then in my mind, I'm like, there's no chance it's happening. I feel like it's the thing with a lot of the members of my band, too. We'll be like offered like a tour. I'm like, well, that tour is definitely made up and not happening. Or it's like some guy who's pretending to be an agent, which has happened before. Oh god. And he's booking these bands and books you on it. And we're like, oh, he's just gonna like be like, oh yeah, like bands and you're like, I never heard of that guy. <laughs> who's that? That, so, that so sounds like, like that was not a fun experience. Ah, uh, that was terrible. But you know. We didn't have high hopes for it anyway, so it was all right. And we're at the point, I'm at the point where I've met that people I can ask around, like, hey, do you know this guy? Oh, he's an action agent. He just makes up things and puts them on a contract and sends them to you. I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. Not going to sign that. (laughs) It's like, no, we'll pass. Yeah. Do you feel, um, do you feel that because you you question uh, a lot of the things that come your way, do you feel like you, uh, overwork yourself or like take on a lot of tasks in order to uh make it so that you feel like you deserve what's coming your way so like say when you get like the record contract you feel like a need to be like okay what do i have to do to like step up my game to really prove that like this is real to make sure that i can keep this absolutely i am i take on so many tasks my girlfriend tells me i'm so busy and overworked all the time because between work my normal job and running my band like a small business it's basically like working two to three full-time jobs sometimes you know yeah i'm doing more than 40 at one one or the other 
and you don't I'm need to sleep. Always sleep work, overrated. I never sleep, and it's just like I'll take on so much extra. Like I, I run the band social media. I run our merch store. I have a storage unit across the street from here. I do all the web design. I do um, all like most of the marketing. So I do. Are you the? the are you the? Are you like the main like guy who runs like the business stuff for the band? Yeah, I would say I handle like ninety percent of the business aspect of it. Gotcha. So it it sounds like you definitely on the road. Like I'll I'll tour manage, but and advanced shows and whatnot. Like still, even then, I'm working in advance. So like I can't just sit and relax and wait for my show. I'm like I have to work. Oh, yeah, I have that... to keep it going. Or it's gonna it... fall apart. But that's definitely like something like people also don't understand. Is like you, in order to you know be in a band, you have to you have to work. You have to put in like the hours because again, it's a small business. But like it definitely sounds like you uh, you take on the majority of the work. Do you feel like when you do that, it helps to I guess like balance out that that feeling of like imposter syndrome, where like you're questioning whether or not you you deserve what's coming your way, or do you feel like you're still battling that feeling of like I don't you know I don't really deserve this that's coming my way i guess it does kind of balance out but that way it's like hmm. i want to deserve these things i want them to be earned gotcha. i don't want them to be handed to me if they're handed to me i'm like well why did i get this doesn't make any sense but if i'm constantly working and something gets given to me for it i'm like well you know i have been putting in the work it's like i have been designing our ad sets on social media for the past 45 hours straight <laughs> I do think I perfected them, so it's like you know, maybe, maybe this will work out. But still, even then, when the thing happens, like right now in COVID, nothing's happening. So. Well, yeah, that's understandable. The world's that's pretty much yeah. It's been <laughs> working for basically to stay afloat, like stay relevant, because now is the time. If you were not a serious band, you sank straight to the bottom. You had to stay in front of people's eyes. In their ears, dude. Like even even like huge bands, like bands like uh, Nightwish, like uh, the yeah. was it the uh, what's his name, Marco, the singer, the bass player, the 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 male singer who played bass player. I think his name is Marco. He ended up just like had like an epiphany. I was like, you know, I I gotta quit, and he like he left the band, wow. like stuff like that. Like yeah. it's COVID through the entire planet for a, a, a lot loop. of a lot of bands, and you'll see like bands where. They relied on their bands or sole income because mm -hmm. they're big enough to do that. But then when COVID hits, that sole income just goes away. That yeah. touring nine months out of the year making $150,000 is gone all of a sudden. You're like, like oh, I shit. saw Matt Heafy from Trivium is basically doing Twitch for a living now or was throughout the pandemic and doing great at it. You know, he found another. Yeah, that's creative, fun. He's doing all sorts of guitar stuff on it, so engaging with his audience and whatnot. Yeah, well, Maddie from uh, from Psycho Stick ended up uh, doing like live stream stuff. Like they were doing like the Psycho Stick things, and then like yeah. he ended up doing his own thing, and like he was able to like you know raise money for charity while he was doing it too. So like all throughout the pandemic, yeah. he was like you know helping to boost. Yeah, that's some boost right there. He needs uh, needs to raise. I hope the charity was something to with wildlife oh man actually he he uh all the people that were he made uh, it oh i think it's made a charity dude that would have been fantastic the moose the, the moose. moose charity yeah 
he uh all the all the people that were uh like watching he basically each week uh, i think he said like or each month i forget uh, he had everyone vote and say, Hey, where do I want to, where do, where am I sending the money this month or this week? So like he had people vote and it was a different one each time. That's very awesome. Now yeah. he's got a heart of gold. I and, love uh, that man. I love that man. He's <laughs> one of the best humans on the planet. I hope he's watching. Yeah. Moose. <laughs> I love you. Wow. <laughs> I would do the same thing. My arms are firmly on my knees right now. It's, very it's okay. Don't fall over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have another question for you. Yeah. Do you uh when you get into this questioning mode of, you know, like this, you know, you're you're questioning whether or not you deserve this stuff, do you find it yourself uh do you find yourself talking down to yourself on like your abilities and like saying, Oh, uh, I don't I don't deserve this, or do you feel like you find yourself saying, you know, I'm not good enough to do X, Y, and Z? All the time. Really? I feel like I'm not even a good enough bass player to even play in a touring band. Never mind. Like, that's probably also why I do a lot of the business. I'm like, I have to carry my weight. It's like, well, I'm not that good of a bassist, but for when it comes down to it, the music we play, I'm probably a fairly fine bassist because it's more theatrics than it is intricate playing. Like, we're not a technical death grind band, you know? We're not, um, necrophagist or anything like that you're not dream theater because they're aliens yeah. from like another dimension yeah i wish i was uh oh man cool it, 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 <laughs> well, I am from, we are from the same place as dream theater though so we might be actually they're from aliens outer space they just <laughs> stay there from long island's wires well i think long island is just like a uh, a hub for aliens yeah so it definitely makes sense right uh, sorry, uh, I totally lost that question. Thing no, 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 it's now. all good. I, I think was it's, it I was, I was asking like if you, uh, you find yourself talking down to yourself and like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, basically yes. saying that you're not good enough, which I, I think is is uh, fascinating because you have reached all these different tiers of success and like things that people like who are watching, who are fans, or people who like are into, uh, like just the music in general like they would be like oh wow that's big oh wow that's big that's even bigger yeah and the fact that like, you've hit these tiers that people literally just dream about and like p- some people yeah. aren't even even able to get out of their bedroom because they either just don't believe in themselves they you know like they they're they they're just afraid to take that first step you've done all these things where you've had you know the courage to say you know fuck it i'm gonna go follow my heart and i'm gonna go do this band thing and then you you you've gone and taught yourself all these different skills from like learning bass. You're like, I don't, I don't play bass. Fuck it. I'll play bass. You just start learning how to play and like yeah. you build up those skills. And then you're like, well, uh, I, I don't feel like I'm able to do this. So let me, let me like pick, take up all the business stuff. So you teach yourself the business and you're like, Oh, I'm going to actually turn this into a, like a legitimate business of register. And like, you pick up all this stuff and it, there's a lot of things that it sounds like you've done. And like, you're the main person who's in charge of, you know, the business aspect of, of things. And like, you're the person kind of like running everything. I'm sure everyone like, you know, carries their own weight in like their own way. Yeah, everyone's got their own thing. But I but think like, it's, it's interesting that you've gotten to this point, you know, it's nine years later and you still have this like voice or this feeling in the back of your head saying, Oh, I know I'm not good enough. And I, I'm yeah. curious as to where, where you feel that comes from. That's a good question. I think it's, I'm not even, I just always feel like, I guess it's been a thing that's always in my life. Like, do I, just this constant 
self-doubting and everything. Like, ever since I was as far back as I can remember, like, I'm not good enough for this. I remember, like, playing sports in elementary school, but, like, don't pass the basketball. I'm not good enough. It's like, I didn't want to try. I'm sure if I tried, I probably could have played better. But I didn't really want to. But <laughs> Interesting. You you mentioned yeah. uh, a little earlier in the conversation that, like, anxiety is something that is part of your life. Do you think... Yeah. Do you think that uh, anxiety is the main catalyst for you having these these thoughts, these questions, and like leading to the overall imposter syndrome? I very well think it may be like I didn't really consider myself as having anxiety until a few years a few years ago, and then things kind of made a little more sense. I'm like, oh, huh, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, I might just be a person who has anxiety. And then I was told that I'm a person who has anxiety. <laughs> so it's like, wow, okay, what's that mean? Oh, I can experience all these things that I've experienced? Wow, it does make sense. It's it's crazy, too, though. Like, you, you go through life, you know, feeling a certain way. And you're just like, oh, just whatever. Like, you just feel like, and, you know, I'm assuming you, you felt like an outcast because you had this, you know, this way of thinking, this way of feeling. And then like you had this moment of like epiphany where yeah, I'm assuming someone or like multiple people like pointed these things out and like you found out like all these things about anxiety that seemed to like, you know, check off like the little boxes. Imagine like having that realization was like a big like uh, like a weight being lifted, like a light bulb went off, like a light shone down. Am I correct? Yeah, it definitely was. But at the same time, like it's like I'll still have these things happen. It's like, I'll be like uh, you know, I'm not good enough for this or that but then I, I what I've been trying to do is remind myself like I'm in a position I think back to like something like Mayhem Festival mm-hmm. and like how there's thousands and thousands of bands that play their hometown venues that never leave there mm-hmm. I'm on Mayhem Fest even though we're the smallest band on Mayhem Fest I'm like we're still on Mayhem Fest there's only nine bands on it and we're one of the nine Yeah, and I'm like, there. if I asked anyone in a local band, like, do you think it'd be cool being on Manfest? They're probably like, we'd literally kill people to get on Manfest. They would slaughter their own drummer. Yeah. <laughs> to the, the metal gods. Absolutely. Just play to a drum they would track. kill their bassist because then they don't you know, I mean anyway. <laughs> Unless it's Mudvayne or uh, you bass know. joke from a bassist. Ah, terrible. Listen, bassists are awesome, especially everyone, uh, every bassist named Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, what's the name? I forgot. The other mic, the sick one, all of them. That's what's talk about. Every, every mic, mic bass. every bassist named Mike. Every bass that named it. every person's name, their bass mic is really sick bass. If you're trying to become really good, <laughs> look over your bass right now. I'm like, I'm naming you Mike. Good to go. Five minutes later, you're going to be a bass whiz. Yeah, you would already be better than me, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I did not need my bass mic. You should name it Mike. This way it could be Mike and Mike. Uh, dude, it's good. Yeah, actually. And then you can have a whole series called The Adventures of Mike and Mike. Oh, uh, damn. Yeah, I was looking for ideas for a YouTube <laughs> series. That might be it. It's you know, a I was really hard, but I might just like take my base around town, like holding hands with it, <laughs> walking down the street, <laughs> hand in hand, arm in arm. That's fucking funny. That's really funny. Uh, 
yeah, I think uh, I think you, you've you've been uh, pretty thorough with sharing kind of like your your thoughts and your experiences. So uh, yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to you wanted to add? Uh, let's see. Um, I definitely know. I've heard a lot about. I never really thought about imposter syndrome before until, but my girlfriend loves all like TED talks and stuff and studies mm -hmm. mental health. And so she put on a TED talk for one day about imposter syndrome. I'm like, oh, wow, this sounds very familiar. I'm like, this is a thing. Like, this is just how everyone feels. And sometimes, like, you don't, you just assume there's something wrong with you, but really, it's probably something that a lot of people experience. I'm sure almost everyone experiences imposter syndrome at some point in life. You know, they stand up on a stage in front of a thousand people. They're going to feel like an imposter up there. Like, you're not going to feel yeah. like, oh, it is me. It's like, how am I here? Why Why am I here? I'm not, I don't deserve to be here about that guy. He's better than I am. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point that you're bringing up is the fact that, you know, your personal experience is like you just went through your entire life just feeling a certain way, feeling like alienated because of it, not realizing. Yeah, I haven't noticed that, like, thing that people experience. Yeah, and like there are other people like that. Like intensely, as intensely as I did, but I'm probably in the middle somewhere, but you know, it's like, oh, like there's everyone's going to experience it at some point. It's just how much you're going to experience it and how much you're going to let it weigh on you. Exactly, and like I think having these kind of conversations where, like, you know, like we're we're just talking about like what we've gone through, or like how we how we feel, you know, I think that that goes a long way in just showing other people that it's okay to you know just talk about how you're feeling, especially in like you know a culture like you know the Western United States. Like we're two guys talking about our emotions and like that's for yeah, the longest right? time been like and we're in metal pop. bands and we're right. in metal bands we're supposed to literally just be like yeah. left tough vikings and here we are just like I you know have like uh, crocheting and sharing you know our hearts corpse paint on right now she's smashing <laughs> through the hammer <laughs> oh i'm sad Turn out the window <laughs> and uh doing uh playing golf i guess Men love oh my playing god golf. playing golf in corpse paint that needs to happen yeah but there's no but, but seriously, I think the fact that, you know, you you are here having this conversation, you know, it, it's a really big step. I think not, you know, for you being able to, like, sit down and talk about this in like a public setting, but also for the fact that like we're, we're putting this out there for people to use as a tool to be like, oh, you know what, this person feels similarly to how I do. Like, I feel less alone. And then it's, you know, potentially going to encourage people to do further research and realize, yeah. oh, this is. You know, this is something that can that can be dealt Definitely. with, or it could be treated, it's it could real. be handled. Yeah, it's and real. It exists, and if you think you experience it, you probably do. Yeah, and the other it's people will as well. Common. Yeah, and that's, that's maybe the biggest thing. <laughs> I don't know how common it is. I feel like it's from everyone I hear talk about. They say it's fairly common with experience at least here and there. Well, I, I think a lot of this stuff is more common than like we, you know we're told or like we hear because not a lot of people are yeah. like talking about it openly. And like yeah, I said, I mean, like having this open conversation, I think is a really, yeah. a really big step just the idea for of, everyone in general. Like in elementary school, they never mentioned mental health. They just tell you like, Oh, depressed kids kill themselves. Yeah. Don't be depressed. It. Talk you're to your kids. Depressed, you're like, oh my God. This they, is terrible. they tell you to talk to a counselor. But it's like, yeah. I don't know who this counselor is. Like, can I, like, how do I approach, like, my friends? How do I approach yeah. my family? And they don't I teach you. 
they don't teach you like how to how to take in a conversation like that. They don't teach you like if your friend or your your loved one comes to you, like how is it you're supposed to like have that conversation? You know, I think uh, you know speaking personally, like my biggest thing is like I just always have an innate like instinct to try and fix things and like I have to solve a problem. I have to rescue people. So yeah. learning to overcome that, you know, that natural like reaction just to listen, just to let people talk and have someone to like speak to and just absorb without giving like uh, advice or having an answer like that is a, that goes a long way with a lot of people because they just feel like they need to be heard. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. 100% the truth. And you know, if you're listening to this, go find that counselor. I don't mean go find your school counselor. Find someone. It could be a therapist. It could be someone in your family who you feel close to that you can talk to about things. A friend. Yeah. Reach out to uh, people who aren't mean on the internet. <laughs> find, find some kind of forum or something where you can at least figure out a way to start getting the help you need. It's yeah. not hard right now with things like ZocDoc. You know, you can go find a therapist if you think will meet your, meet your needs. Yeah, or things office. like BetterHelp or ThinkSpace. Yeah, where you go on JD's podcast and <laughs> think that this is therapy. Get confused when he's telling you that's going to be public. What, man? Come on. <laughs> Just remember, this is definitely not licensed. We're, we're not professionals. <laughs> we're just sharing our, our, our heavy metal feelings. Yeah. I didn't really think he was my therapist. I didn't know exactly <laughs> what I was coming on here to do. Listen, just because I sent you that picture of me shirtless with a stethoscope. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I, mean, I went out and got a stethoscope and a six-pack of abs myself. We do have to see it. It was great. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time to share some of your insight, Mike. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, been really awesome. Yeah, dude. And... I like uh, your background a lot. Oh. Your hair is really cool. Thank you. I I, uh, I washed Surface it this morning. Very nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to end with a couple cop compliments. You know. You know what, Mike? You are a fantastic and amazing human being. So thank you very much for you know just sharing some of yeah, that positivity so with me. <laughs> you're extremely intelligent, well articulated. Oh man! Listen, we're just Dude. stroking each other's uh, egos at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Watch me come on over. Right? Uh, <laughs> I'll be over in five. All right. See you then. Oh, man. So uh, before I go, uh, I just want to say that uh, imposter syndrome can really spiral out of control if gone unchecked. So one of the first steps to conquering it is to share your feelings and your experiences. So again, Mike, thank you very much for doing just that. Uh, I truly believe that the more we as a society feel comfortable opening up about our struggles, the more it will help others to realize that they are not alone. Everyone has the inner strength to face whatever life puts along their path. So thank you again for taking the time to chat, Mike. And thank you to everyone that has tuned into this episode. If anyone, like Mike said, finds that they are struggling with their mental health, please do not be afraid to reach out to your friends, your family, or a mental health professional. I will have a couple of links in the description of this video that will have some information and connection to further resources. And until next time, remember that you have the strength to conquer your battlefield.